Welcome to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 48, your co-hosts are ready to throw one inspiring knockout punch. We'll go one-on-one and best of with award-winning broadcaster, speaker, and longtime sports media personality, Joe Tilly. Father-son free-for-all will salute the sweet science with a jab, stick, and move inside the squared circle. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for favorite Canadian boxers. And we'll head for home on episode 48 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy August, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. So glad that you're with us here for, um, I guess this is kind of the salute to the summer, everybody. So we hope that um, you're doing well, having an awesome August, uh, getting ready to, um, I guess, get back in the swing of things. But speaking of getting into the swing of things, as I always do at the opening of this broadcast, it is now my pleasure to bring on the show my humble co-host, my forever champ and chum, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? Doing great. Can't wait to start off episode 48. 48 episodes deep of champs and chums. We thank thank you all so much for um, all the great inspiration and support. It's so great to connect with everybody and... uh, yeah, Ashton, we're uh, we're kind of looking right in the eye of that milestone number 50 coming up in the fall. But let's get into, as we always do in our father-son free-for-all, uh, just kind of some of the fun goings-on and things that have happened um, this month. And, uh, you know, um, they kind of say, everybody, the in baseball and MLB season, uh, the last couple weeks of August is the dog days of, uh, of the season, but... It's really heating up baseball-wise for the man to the to the right of the broadcast chair, uh, uh, Ashton. Uh, we are at the time of this recording. We're in the heart of a playoff battle. Um, how you feeling uh, going into uh, to these big games? Uh, feeling great. Uh, we we already have two wins out of uh, three games, so we have one more game uh, that is in two days. Well, at the time of this recording, yeah. everybody, yeah. It, it would be on Wednesday. A, a couple days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, now let's recap for the fans. Um, how did the first couple games go? And this, everyone, just to kind of set the scene here, uh, the way that the uh, uh, Brampton Baseball Association runs the playoffs is they kind of take the seedings from the regular season, they split up into two divisions with some crossover, 
And basically, it's a playoff round robin. So the teams, the, the, the team with the top record in one division faces off against the team with the top record in the other division. And to add to the drama, uh, the Jays, Ashton's team, has gone 2-0. and But um, Ashton, you fill in the blanks. How is the, the let, let's sort of build a crescendo to what you just spoke of, the, the big semifinal game at the time of this recording. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so our first game, we versed, uh, a OBA team, but they were Ontario Baseball Association, yeah, select team. Yeah, and, uh, we won to them 11 to 9. Uh, I, I actually got a save there. Uh, I pitched and I got a save. Yeah, you were outstanding in that, in that game. Uh, and I also, and the next game... We played uh, the Rays, which we we've lost to, we and we've tied to, but we never won to them. So uh, it was it was good to win to them eight to seven. It was really really close. And uh, if if when I was pitching that second inning I was in, um, like if I would have gave up a run, that would have been an automatic win for the Rays. But uh, I struck everyone out, and uh, then we got to hit. And then my teammate walked, stole second, stole third, and then it went over the pitcher's head, and then he ran home, and we won the game eight to seven. Yeah, uh, what 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 a flair for the dramatics your team has. Uh, the cardiac kids, I'll call them. Uh, you guys had the, all the parents on the uh, in the bleachers, and uh, I actually feel Ashton as the chief statistician, the volunteer one for the Jays, your team. I kind of get the best seats in the house to witness all that drama. Yeah, literally front row, right behind the fence. Right behind home plate, everybody, to score the game just like a pro does. But anyways, coming back to, um, you know, it's it's amazing. This time of the season, all it takes is uh, a belief in uh, in yourself and your, and your abilities and uh, pulling together as a team and believing in, in each other and... You know, you got to great be great to be lucky, and you got to be lucky to be great. So, um, you guys are putting it together at the right time, and uh, fans, uh, we'll certainly give you a recap on how this all turns out. Um, because if Ashton's team, at the time of this recording, if Ashton's team wins in a couple days, uh, they'll be facing off uh, in in the finals. Ashton. Yep, that is right. Good stuff. Well, uh, best of luck with that, man. And uh, speaking of baseball, uh, we had a, a really fascinating father and father and son experience and adventure down at the the great old ballpark they call the Rogers Center. There was a special guy um, that uh, that was there and being honored. Uh, why don't you tell the fans a bit more about that? So we went to the uh, Jose Batista bat flip bobblehead giveaway game. I know it's a lot of words, but, um, you know, we waited four hours, but it was worth the wait. It was definitely worth the wait, and, a, and it was a, an amazing game. And, uh, you know, we had lots of fun. So, uh, every well, actually, every Blue Jays game is always uh, lots of fun. So, yeah, we had a great time down at the game uh, watching Jose and his family uh, go to right field where he used to play and uh see his name on the level of excellence so well in the level in the level of excellence he so rightly deserves to see his name on right i mean 
this man almost single-handedly restored playoff greatness for this team. I believe there was like a 13, 14-year absence before a man that they picked up in a what at the time seemed like a very inconsequential trade. Jose Batista was put on waivers a couple times by some MLB teams. And, you know, like we say in sports, sometimes athletes just need a, a change of scenery and um, magical things can happen. And he joined the Jays and uh, he just electrified the city. Um, not only did he lead the, the MLB in, in uh, home runs a couple seasons, um, he actually brought this bravado and this... Um, real intensity and passion that um, made the Jays and their fans believers that they could do things and they could compete against the big teams. And um, of course, Ashton, I'm, I'm just purely shocked that we haven't even mentioned the, the term bat flip at all in the talking uh, at length and, and honoring the great Jose Batista. But uh yeah, in fact, uh, we ended up getting a bobblehead, folks, that uh, sort of replayed that memory, Ashton. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, it it was, I think it was, like, cloudy. It looked like it was going to rain, but we we were lucky. We were under gate two. I, I, no, it is, oh, yeah, it is gate two. They have a cover over it, like a roof, so we were um, under uh, shelter, and it did rain. And lightning did strike the CN Tower. Thunder boomers. It was really loud. Boomers. And uh, it was it was worth the wait. I mean, once we got in, uh, I was so excited to get that bobblehead. And uh, well, here's the thing, Ashton. And a little footnote to receiving these bobbleheads. I mean, there was a lot of brisk action as the gates opened a half hour early at the Rogers Center. And, you know, everybody was very, you know, Ashton and I, we get there real early, so there's no controversy, no drama. The people in and around us, they're going to get their bobbleheads. But things move pretty quick, and they move fast. And uh, um, as we pass the gates through security, and you, you, you check your ticket in on your mobile device, and then you're kind of uh, asked to move forward pretty swiftly, I, I, I put my left hand out to receive um, a, uh, a bobblehead uh, from a, a gentleman, I might say, for some of you older fans of Champs and Chums or older listeners of the show, this man could have passed for Ernest Borgnine. Anyways, Google Ernest, Ernest Borgnine if you haven't seen him. And this man who handed me the bobblehead, Ashton, looked like Ernest Borgnine. And, you, and we videotaped this as we were going through and if you play back the tape, it's on our social. You'll see me point the bobblehead to the camera and Jose Batista uh, magically did not have the bat flip arm in the box. Ashton, what do you think about that? Um, well, when we looked, it, it actually wasn't in the box. Well, I got fooled. So yeah, well, that's right. We the, looked yeah, to see no, no. if the arm was in the box. Yeah, and it wasn't in the box. So they, they made a printing error or something or well, a production, production error. error. Um, but uh, I think but, you'll get a new uh, bobblehead soon. Well, I mean, thanks to a uh, shout out to uh, a friend of the show, uh, one of the Toronto Blue Jay account executives, uh, John. Uh, he uh, reached out to John and uh, shared with him some photo evidence of this defective Jose Batista bobblehead. And he promptly got back to me, apologized and said, Anthony, 
At the next game that you're down, we will do an exchange. Now, here's the thing, everybody. So, yes, I'm happy to exchange it. I'm, I'm, you know, some people, Ashton, in the line were talking about this bobblehead going for $200 US on, yeah. um, on uh, eBay. eBay. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you and I are not into that kind of business. But how, how, however, everybody, somebody did say to me that, Anthony, Double A, if you did hang on to that bobblehead, it might be worth a lot because it was not just his arm was missing, it was the arm with the bat flip. So to a collector, that might seem like a very unique prized item. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some people don't think of it that way, but yeah, that that is a really good uh, statement right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well... Anyways, fans, a great night, uh, a great afternoon down at the ballpark. Jose Batista sees his name go up in lights, uh, now honored at the level of excellent excellence with some of the greats. And, um, you know, um, there wasn't a dry eye in, in, in the house. It was a sold-out crowd, crowd of about 50, 000, over 50,000. And uh, it was quite emotional for, for a lot of people because uh, Jose was emotional, Ashton. Yeah, yeah, he had to put on the shades so yeah. no one saw him. But you know, isn't that a kind of um, almost like an attribute and a characteristics of the greats who care a lot? Like they wear their heart on their sleeve and there's a man that comes back to the hero's welcome, 50,000 plus strong, millions other watching the live ceremony that was wonderfully done by the Blue Jays, by the way, Ashton. Hazel May, your chum who you had a chance to meet over at the, uh, the, the, the big John Schneider press conference. Uh, she did a, ma- a fabulous job emceeing, as she always does. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just really special, very special. And so a guy who got the hero's welcome certainly deserved it. But speaking of a guy that gets a hero's welcome, I think the second loudest ovation in the stands um, after Jose was for... Uh, uh, John Gibbons, yeah, Gibby, yep. the former manager, and uh, well, you know, let, let's let's just say we're we're trying to work on some things for upcoming guests and such like that, and uh, we'll just uh, see how it all turns out, Ashton. But anyhow, um, so there you go, everybody. That that's a fascinating uh, look at baseball in in from the pros to the community level. Ashton, uh, school is starting. How how are you feeling about getting back into the swing of things? Uh, I can't wait. I mean, uh, school is a lot of fun. I know some people won't agree with me, but um, it's a place where you learn, have fun, and uh, make new friends, learn new things every single day. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just can't wait to start off school. It's going to be so much fun in grade six. Grade six, man. Wow. Hard to believe you're really growing up uh, before uh, before your dad's eyes. And, uh, yeah, so proud of you. And a uh, great answer. I, I know, and I know that that just doesn't come from just lip service. You do have a thirst for with all the great things going on at your school, all the, the great uh, network of chums that you uh have a chance to connect with again and uh yeah it's a real fascinating year ahead we'll talk more about that in our september episode everybody um speaking of back in the swing of things ashton i mean i think we've gone out two or three times to to golf this year but i think the last one was your greatest and i think actually it was close to mine as well too that was a great time out um at um at rolling hills 
yeah, it was a great time. Uh, started off a little, you know, rusty. Shout out to Uncle Dennis as well, too, joined us. He had a really good round as well. Yeah, uh, started off a little rusty, but then eventually I got better. And, uh, yeah, I had a great day golfing at uh, Rolling Hills. And that was a fabulous day to golf, Ashton. Yeah, it was like perfect weather. Perfect weather, not too hot, not too cool. Just right. Just perfect. Uh, what a great day out. If you haven't had a chance to check out this club link course that was it's very reasonably priced all things considered everybody um the classic course over at rolling hills is great for a couple of chums here uh, behind the mics who are you know we don't go out tons but we you know we can hold our own out there and we're, we're trying to improve our game so the classic course ash and i think sets up really nicely for us because it is quite forgiving there's only probably a couple tight fairways where you're going to have to really drive that ball uh, hard straight and fast to kind of get it through but uh, yeah that's my thoughts yeah uh, I agree with you there's some uh, fairways that are really tight but or most of them are pretty end up wide. in the trees but yeah. most of them are pretty wide um, which is good mo- but most of the holes on the classic are pretty short so well drive for show and putt for dough is what they say so um, anyhow that's great um Speaking of swinging, swinging um, things, I guess this one is more like giving it our best punch. And um, uh, you might have seen our um, our video promo uh, before our segment, or sorry, our episode forty eight drops. And we had the real pleasure, another great father son experience in community, to visit the legendary Bramley Boxing Club. And uh, so, Ashton, why don't you tell tell them a little bit more about that fun experience for uh, earlier this month? Yeah, the Bramley Boxing Club is uh, an amazing place uh, if you want to go to, you know, practice boxing or just uh, exercise more. Um, you know, it's it's a great place because they have lots of a variety of uh, exercises. They have a ring there. They have lots of boxing memorabilia. And uh, we did film our promo there. And... Uh, when we, w- we did go in the ring, uh, after the, uh, session was done <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and my dad knocked me out two times. But... Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're play boxing. Yeah. Mission, yeah. Right. But yes, yeah. you, 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 definitely saw uh, a side of your dad that maybe your dad knows a little bit about the sweet science from the strong, the strong road to Scarborough. I th- I th- I th- I think you should sign up for the boxing thing. Oh oh, you mean uh, there? Yeah. Well, you know that. Uh, listen, I always love to um, support community, and uh, so what Ashton is speaking of is that shout out to some uh, I think soon to be friends of the show, Coach Mark, uh, Kathy, whose um, father was the real inspiration. Her late father was the real inspiration. Peter, for um, for the Bramley Boxing Club, which is really designed to help youth develop their skills and to be good uh community ambassadors so um yeah i mean the there's definitely an opportunity for uh uh uh, guys in the 50 year bold category to kind (laughs) of get in there and and maybe just uh work on their fitness and uh spar a little bit well maybe a little bit but you know more so just kind of um keep your um your hand-eye coordination going and yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Mark, who's just a year older than me, is a fascinating. He was a former a- uh, amateur champion, uh, Coach Mark, and um, and uh, yeah. So, 
you know, so I think it's uh, it's a, it was a great, fascinating experience. But a shout out to not just uh, the coaches and all. Ashley, you talk about the memorabilia and the history and the amazing facility, but it's the athletes. It's the young athletes that make it well. And you had a chance to speak to some of them too. What were their thoughts about how they wanted to aspire to be great athletes in the world of boxing? Well, um, we saw lots of uh, great young boxers there just training on a Friday night. And um, uh, we took video of some of them, and uh, one of them said they wanted to see it. just so they know what to improve on or what they can work on as well in other sessions. But uh, yeah, these are um, this is these guys are the future of boxing, and uh, it's it's really nice to see them on a Friday evening just putting in the work and uh, trying to become an overall better boxer. Well, they will be. They certainly will be. So that's the Bramley Boxing Club. If you haven't had a chance to check it out. Check out our videos on social or actually stop by, take part. It's a, it's a great thing being run in community for a very, very long time. So Ashton, kudos to you. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that our father-son challenge has now moved, I believe it's to the eighth, the eighth career father-son challenge, the most recent being the Women's World Cup. And fans, he, uh, he did it again. Yeah, I won again. The 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 elusive first career win for dear old dad is uh, gonna have to wait for another day, everybody, because Ashton beat me eighteen to sixteen. That's total points over uh, match by match, um, uh, sorry, stage by stage, match by match, pick by pick, father and son. He beats me again. Um, are you ever gonna let up on me? I don't know. Uh, it's it, like in these uh, challenges, it depends who I pick or um, how I play. Cause, uh, well, I think the only way I'm going to need to win these kind of things, everybody, is to, I don't know, um, uh, tie uh, to, to the Ashton's two hinds behind his back, maybe tie up his, uh, his two feet so he can't play soccer in a challenge. Maybe I have to blindfold him, and I also have to put a... Uh, a big headset over his ear so he couldn't hear anything. That might give me a chance to win. Maybe. I don't know. All you right, never know. All right, everybody. Well, listen, Ashton, we've always said, celebrated here. And, uh, you know, listen, a salute to the summer, if you will, everybody, right? I mean, we all, at the time of this recording, we've got only just days remaining unofficially until the end of summer, which is Labor Day. And, Ashton... I know that over your great summer experiences, you've acquired many things. Um, Great experiences, great events, great destinations. But when it comes to drinks, Ashton, you have actually come up with some really amazing finds, very unique discoveries. Care to share more with the fans? Yeah. um, So at a Becker's here in Brampton, I found uh, Metamoon Prime and Lemonade Prime. So uh, I'm going to... Well, these are elusive things too, everybody. Like you just can't find these things anywhere. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to try it on the air right now. All right, so Ashton's going to try it on the air. Uh, You know, last time we actually did uh, celebrate with uh, some Prime. This is founded by um, by one of the Paul brothers and KSI. Uh, it has become the choice of a drink. And Ashton, you're going to open it up. All right. Crack, 
I'll do the Meta Moon first. Okay, he's doing the Meta Moon, everybody. Uh, you can hear him crack open there. Um, the color is really nice on the... Yeah, well, describe it here for the radio fans. So uh, I'm just going to take a sip right now. Okay, Ashton's going to take a sip. He's uh, diving, everybody. It's more than a sip. This is not called a nutrition drink for nothing. Uh, a hydration drink for nothing. He's fully hydrating with this thing. And so, Ashton, uh, the fans want to know, what is the Meta Moon Prime taste like? Um, it, it, tastes really, it tastes really sweet. Uh, I guess that's why you like to water it down. All the time, my man. All the time. Uh, but it tastes like uh, cotton candy and like a candy cane mixed together. Cotton candy meets candy cane. Now, if that isn't sweet, I don't know what is, everybody. Maybe corn syrup. But anyhow, well, th that's good. Salute to the summer. Cheers. I've got um, here at diet the broadcast Coke station a diet, diet Pepsi. Pepsi. So cheers to a salute to the summer, Ashton. Hope you've had a great one and looking forward to getting back into the swing of things this fall. Okay, everybody. Now, we were talking a bit, uh, a lot about the boxing club, the Bramley Boxing Club. Oh, Ashton. Oh, sorry, everybody. Ashton just reminded me that he wants to do another taste test for you, our loyal listeners. So he's going to crack open a, uh, a bottle of a very rare gem yeah. in the Prime line here in Canada. Ashton, tell him about this one. Well, uh, this one was being sold by uh, Logan Paul and KSI on like a beach in the USA. That's how the flavor first got introduced. But uh, they have it in Canada. So uh, I'm going to try the lemonade flavor. All right, fire away, son. So Ashton's going to try the lemonade flavor live here on air. We spare no expense here on Champs and Chums to bring you some really high intense drama as Ashton tastes as the, for the very first time, or sorry, it might be the second time, but the first time on air, the lemonade prime over to you. It tastes like, uh, you know, the nasty iced tea. That that's exactly what it tastes like. I thought you were gonna say there. You know how they say sometimes it tastes like chicken. Uh, but in this case, it's a beverage. Tastes like le uh, iced tea. I bet you you could buy five nasty iced teas and not even reach the cost of these uh, prime bottles. Um, they're not cheap. Yeah. But for a guy like you, will definitely spring for a bottle. That's the prime, and uh, who knows, Ashton? Maybe as we hit September, there'll be a new flavor that makes its way north of the border for us to try for the fans. Okay, good stuff, everybody. Now, we were talking about boxing. We've been talking about a lot of sports, and uh, Ashton, I couldn't think of the most amazing guest who has such a wealth and depth of knowledge uh, to join us in episode 48 to talk about uh the sweet science, and a whole host of other sports. Ashton, tell all the fans who's coming up on episode 48. Award-winning broadcaster, speaker, and sports media personality, Joe Tilly. Oh, what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month. Joe the Swiss Tilly. For some of um, uh, you long-time and maybe a bit older listeners of Champs and Chums, you would know Joe for the tremendous 30-plus year career he had on CFTO Sports. Uh, he was the nighttime anchor for the sports and uh, not only just anchoring, hosting, he's done play-by-play -play in boxing, um, a, a real uh, aforementioned uh, um, knowledge about boxing, um, also to um, uh, horse racing, Ashton, as well. 
uh, very knowledgeable there and obviously very knowledgeable about all the big sports that hit the Toronto sports scene. And uh, yeah, just really tremendous to be able to uh, reconnect with Joe. Uh, geez, we start f- first started connecting when I was with the Leafs back in the late 90s, Ashton. So that gives you a sense of the stretch of connection between Joe the Swiss Tilly, um, not only a very talented and creative uh, media pro, but also a heck of a nice uh, individual. He's going to be joining us in episode 48. You're not going to want to miss that. Okay, good stuff, everybody. Well, it's time to jump in to our father-son free-for-all, Ashton. And, you know, with Joe coming up on the show, and, and Joe, of course, everybody, he's an accomplished boxer. He was a Golden Gloves champion. He's done some amazing things in the in the squared circle. We thought it'd be great to honor him just by talking about um, some of the great Canadian boxers. So let me preface by saying this. We have, as we always do, a gold, silver, bronze for uh, favorite Canadian boxers. There are many of them. So it was a very difficult choice for Ashton to make. But uh, we're going to take you down memory lane with a few. So Ashton, you take it away with your bronze medal for favorite Canadian boxer. Uh, My bronze medal is... Billy the Kid Irwin. Well, we're not talking about Sid the Kid there. We're talking about the man from Niagara Falls, Ashton. He's almost kind of the vintage of your dad, a a bit older. But yeah, Billy the Kid Irwin, a Canadian amateur lightweight, uh, professional lightweight and Walterweight boxer in the 90s and 2000s. Um, He won a bronze medal for Canada at the 1991 uh, uh, Pan-American Games, Ashton. Uh, represented Canada the 1991 World Amateur Boxing Championships. And of course, he was uh, a member of the Team Canada Boxing Squad uh, at the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. So uh, yeah, they call him Billy the Kid, the man from Niagara Falls. He went on to, um, to turn pro and uh, he, he definitely had a, a significant career. Uh, that's Billy the Kid Irwin. Um, uh, Ashton's bronze medal for favorite Canadian boxer. Okay, over to Dad. And you know, Ashton, your um, your um, um, great comments of finding a nickname. Right, a lot of these boxers have nicknames. You mentioned the kid. Here's another famous one of a Canadian boxer. His name was the Golden Boy. That's right, everybody. Donnie Lalonde. The Golden Boy, um, his hometown, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, Donnie Lalonde was an amazing boxer for Canada. He was born in Kitchener. He was the WBC light heavyweight champion from 1987 to 1988. Um, he had some uh, some amazing fights. Uh, total fights, 47 41 wins. Ashton, get this. 33 wins by knockout. The golden boy, Donnie Lalonde. Yes, the golden boy, Donnie Lalonde, is my uh, bronze medal for for favorite Canadian boxers. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Troy Ross. Well, Ashton, you're bringing it home here to our city of Brampton. Um... Why don't you? Why? Because Troy Ross is a Brampton, a Brampton, uh, a native. He was uh, raised in Brampton. Uh, why don't you tell him more about Troy Ross? Uh, 
Actually, fun fact, he's a Guyanese-Canadian boxer. Well, uh, isn't that amazing? Kind of like your dad. Yeah. Except maybe not the boxer part. (laughs) Uh, He was also born July 17th. Uh, That's close to my birthday. And uh, his boxing record was uh, he had 28 total fights. Uh, and he had 25 wins, uh, and he had 16 wins by, uh, knockout, and he had only three losses, and, uh, his medal record is the common, uh, he won silver at the Commonwealth Games in, uh, Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Lumpur, uh, light heavyweight, and, uh, he won bronze in the Pan American Games, uh, 1999 in Winnipeg in the, uh, light heavyweight. Two-time summer Olymp- uh, Olympic uh, a competitor that was uh, Troy Ross, ninety-six in Atlanta, two thousand in Sydney. What a what a great career he had. Uh, he's a South Southpaw Ashton, right? And um, you know we talked about uh, Troy Ross because uh, uh, Troy used to um, compete and, and and hone his craft at the Bramley Boxing Club. And just uh, earlier this year, everybody, Troy Ross got inducted into the Brampton Sports Hall of Fame. So there you go. There's uh, uh, Ashton's silver medal for favorite Canadian boxer, Troy Ross. And Ashton, I'm going to kind of keep it into the the uh, community and roots perspective because my, my next, um, my silver medal, for uh uh for um favorite canadian boxer is also of guyanese canadian heritage and i believe if i had this right he is the first cousin of troy ross that you just mentioned that is egerton marcus everybody what an outstanding um uh athlete he was uh again born in guyana moved to canada uh born february 2nd ashton 1965 that is uh one day after your birthday he's an aquarius then those aquarians are pretty good guys and they're darn good boxers too you saw me in the ring there yeah (laughs) you're kind of running with this you think i should actually at the age of 50 yeah maybe try to have sort of like a build this into like maybe some kind of sparring match for charity or something yeah i think you should yeah oh man would you be in my corner like yeah. what? What kind of role would you play, if if your dad I your at, at, fif- the, I play at fifty your guy years in old the corner like hopefully not the like, cut guy like uh, hopefully not the cut guy or like the guy uh, that puts the Vaseline like on uh, Mickey and Rocky. <laughs> well, well, that's actually pretty special, actually, Ashton. Well, we'll see. We'll see, fans. So let's listen. If you're listening to this right now, you drop us a, a line on social, or you drop Ashton a line and say, "Do we want co-host Anthony?" To, to box in his 50s? Uh, I I say yes. All like, right. Well, well, we'll have to do a poll there. But I think the fans are going to need to see a little bit of video evidence. Not against somebody like maybe someone of a different stature than yourself. Although you were you were pretty competitive there. Yeah. In a fun, playful way. Yeah. We digress, everybody. Egerton Marcus. What an amazing Canadian boxer he was. Um, he won the silver medal at the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, He also won the World Cup as well, too, uh, as a light heavyweight. And Egerton Marcus um, had a professional boxing record, everybody, of 17 wins, 5 losses, 
12 by knockout of his 17 wins. And so he's had an illustrious career. There it is, Egerton Marcus, um, another fantastic Guyanese Canadian doing amazing things uh, in the boxing ring. All right, fans, it's now time for the big stage. It's now time to raise the hands of the victors of the gold medalists for favorite Canadian boxers. Ashton, over to you for your gold medalist. My gold medal goes to Lennox Lewis. Now, that is legendary and maybe a little controversial too because we know that Lennox Lewis uh, ended up uh, representing Canada, but then he he uh, he seeked uh, British citizenship, so he's a dual citizenship holder. Um, but anyhow, keep telling the fans about um, Lennox Lewis. Uh, he had forty four total fights. Um, his he had forty one wins. He had thirty two wins by knockout. He had uh, two losses and one draw. Um, he has had many medals. Olympic Games, he won gold in wow. Seoul. Uh, in the Commonwealth Games, he won gold in Edinburgh. Uh, in the Pan American Games, he won silver in Indianapolis. In the North American Championships, uh, 1985, uh, he won gold. In 1987, he won gold. And uh, he won the in, in the World Cup, he won silver in uh, 1985 in Seoul. Or so, uh, in in the Junior World Championships, uh, he got gold uh, in 1983, San, Santo uh, Domingo. And these were all super heavyweight um, uh, championships as well. Yeah, I know you're keeping your, your, uh, your voice behind that microphone so the fans can hear you that well. Uh, that's... Um uh, Lennox Lewis, and, and, you know, he translated his great amateur career, as Ashton just spoke of, into a tremendous career as a professional. Uh, he was a WBC heavyweight champion. He defended his title. Well, he, first of all, he defe- defeated another Canadian. And, you know, as I said at, at the beginning, we can't, we couldn't uh, fit everybody in. But there's another great boxer, Ashton, for Canada, Donovan Razor Ruddick. So he knocked out Donovan Razor Ruddick in October of 92, went on to um, uh, beat Ruddick and then beat Riddick Bowe. Uh, and they almost threw hands at a press conference, Ashton, speaking of promotion. Uh, but then uh, Lewis, uh, 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 Lennox Lewis went on to defend his title against uh, guys like Tony Tucker, those great matches against Frank Bruno as well too. Oliver McCall, I think he he lost it and then he regained it. So... Uh, Lennox Lewis and, and Evander Holyfield, who can forget some of the, um, the legendary fights between them? I think they fought twice as well. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and actually, uh, just, just looking over some of the information, um, uh, Lennox Lewis also fighted arguably the, one of the greatest and most ferocious boxers in the history of the game, Iron Mike Tyson, Ashton. What do you think about that? Well, uh, in boxing, if if you're fighting Mike Tyson, that is a big career achievement. Well, even surviving a match yeah. with Mike Tyson would be an amazing <laughs> achievement. I, I'd probably be running for the exits, Ashton. Uh, I'd jump in the ring, uh, and then they'll ding the bell, and I would just run right to the uh, to the change room. 
And and he wins. And he would win, yeah. but I would also uh, keep my 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 uh, my survival. Yeah, which is <laughs> good. Anyhow, um, so that's great. So that's Ashton's gold medal for famous a favorite Canadian boxer, famous Canadian boxer. But here's Dad's gold medal, and this is going back, everybody. I would say one of the greatest boxers to ever put on uh, to step into the ring, the great George Louis Chevalo, former professional boxer. Uh, he's known for having never been knocked down in his 93 professional career fights, and he fought the greatest Ashton. Muhammad Ali. He fought Smokin' Joe Fraser Ashton. He fought George Foreman Ashton. This man did not go down against any of those greats. What do you think? Well, uh, that's really impressive. Uh, greats like uh, did he did he uh, verse Mike Tyson? No, no, he was uh, definitely a lot older than Mike but, Tyson. But uh, facing greats like Muhammad Ali is. Uh, is uh, pretty impressive because that Muhammad well, Ali, he was a beast back then. So, so listen, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, where your dad once worked, home of the Toronto Maple Leafs, was home of some famous sports and entertainment events, Maple Leaf Gardens, and one of them was the Muhammad Ali-George Chevalo fight for the world heavyweight title. And it, I believe it went, the, yes, it did go the distance, and uh, and Chevalo lost by a decision, but coming out of the mouth of the of the great, the late great Muhammad Ali, he said this about George Chevalo: "He's the toughest guy I ever fought." That is a great like that's a, that's a great thing. Ninety three like, total fights, seventy three wins, sixty three by knockout. George wow. Chevalo and Ashton. Uh, our episode 48 guest, Joe Tilly, knows Mr. Chevallo very well. I did not know that. Yes, you're going to, you will listen. We're gonna, we'll get into this in our great chat with, with, uh, with Joe. Uh, Joe knows a lot of, a lot of um, players in the fight game. There's my gold medalist, George Chevallo. What an amazing, impressive knockout punch your champs and chums gave you on this father-son free-for-all. But Ashton... It's now time for you to take us to break. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment. And what a championship guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready for pure bliss with the Swiss on episode 48? Sure am. Are you ready for what's coming up here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is a signature name, face, and voice among the most popular Toronto anchors in the history of nightly sports newscasts. He is celebrated for his range of talents that shine on his resume of accomplishments. Anchor, show host, play-by-play, analyst, insider, speaker, and ambassador. From network news to community inspiration, our special guest is a leader of his craft. 
He starred for over 30-plus years for CTV, informing and entertaining his fans on virtually every major league and community sport of consequence. In addition to his anchor duties, our special guest's creative genius shined through in other network programming, including Sports Beat Today, Swiss Picks, and the excellent Sports Adventure. Our best of guest continues to shine as a broadcaster, storyteller, and speaker. You can now hear him and see him as host of his own great Canadian sports show, online and multi-platform. His list of special guests is a who's who of preeminent sports personalities from the wide world of sports. Among all of his media achievements, our best of guest is also heralded as an accomplished boxer. He's a prestigious Golden Gloves champion, three-time Alberta boxing champion, and bronze medalist at the Canadian Boxing Championships. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined by broadcaster, speaker, and sports media personality, Joe Tilly. Joe, welcome to Champs and Chums. Anthony, Ashton, thank you for having me, guys. I'm uh, truly honored, and that was such a beautiful... Uh... Yeah, intro that uh, I'm, I feel humbled. Thank you so much. Oh, oh well, well, uh, Swiss, it's so great to have you on. So great to hear your voice. So nice to reconnect after all these years as we were talking off the air. It's got to be probably 25 plus years since I had the great pleasure of connecting with you in the wide world of sports at my time at the Leafs. And um, yeah, I mean, for you to... to, to Hop up and in uh, on episode forty-eight. It, it means the world to us. So we're 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 just grateful to have you on the program. The pleasure's mine, Anthony. Yes, we go way back, and it's great. Thank you. Awesome, good stuff. Well, uh, Joe, uh, we're going to get into the uh, father-son fun talk here with our best of guest, uh, Joe Tilly, and uh, uh, Joe. It's Dad over here to the right of the broadcast booth, and uh, just to kick it off, I'm I'm wondering if you can take uh, the fans through your early interest and ambitions to get into sports broadcasting. Okay, so uh, you know, back in the day when I when I was uh, quite young, I you know I, I got a little sideways in my my life. I, I was uh, had a, a problem. You know, I was, I was a teenage alcoholic basically and i got into a lot of trouble and i uh found myself in in uh, in, in a tough spot and I, I was able to get my life together by uh you know i kind of asked myself what is it i can i might be able to do to get myself out of this funk and i always believed that i i could be a boxer i believed that i could be have success in that field and so uh i went down to the local boxing club which was the uh, New, the Native Boys Boxing Club in Edmonton. It was at the Native, Canadian Native Friendship Center. And I'd heard they had a good boxing program. So I went down there. I hooked up with a guy who named Gordon Russell, who was the coach. Uh, there was a, a, a fellow named Dennis Belair who was teaching the uh, the new guys at the gym. And Dennis was an accomplished uh, fighter. He had, he had been the, he would won the Canadian championship at light flyweight. Mm which is 105 pounds. He was the very first Canadian light flyweight champion. And he later fought as a heavyweight, won a bronze medal at the Nationals in 78, same year I did, as a heavyweight. So he fought on both ends of the, of the, of the boxing spectrum. And, uh, and Dennis became, uh, you know, 
uh, the coach of, the, of, of us new newbies. And I learned a lot from Dennis. And then uh, then Gordon sort of took over as I as I showed more and more interest. A lot of guys, you know, came by, worked out a little bit, and then kind of left. But I was I was serious. I mean, to me, it was it was my way out of the the the, the brutal funk that I was in, and I I just took it very seriously. And uh, I, I Gordon asked me if I wanted to fight, and I said, Yeah, let's do it. So I, he started getting me fights, and I did very well, and. Ended up winning the novice uh, Alberta novice championship, and then uh, they they turned me open and they sent me on uh, tours around here, there, and everywhere. Like went to uh, Las Vegas for to, to fight in, in, in the uh, Nevada Golden Gloves, and then I, I went to uh, uh, on a tour of um, Ireland and fought there. And uh, you know, then the following year, I won the uh, Alberta Open championship, and and uh, yeah, and that's when I went to the, uh, to nationals and, 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 uh, I, um, well, I won a bronze medal at the nationals in 1978. And, uh, you know, as part of, you know, change of, of life, like the change of direction, I, I started getting serious about life in general and I ended up going back to school cause I dropped out. So I ended up going back to school as an adult student because now I, I by the time I, started getting it together I was now 20 years old and it was considered an adult student and uh, I eventually I had goals of, of uh, you know being an actor that was gonna that was my goal I want to be an actor but I also want to be a boxer so I was sort of you know juggling that that, that uh, those ambitions and so what I did is I, I I got the courses that I needed to get into university and I got into uh, university and, and I entered a, the drama program at the University of Alberta. And then I went into the uh, fine arts drama program at University of Calgary. And I started, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing a lot of acting and other stuff that came with the program, which included directing and writing and all other stuff. And, well, um, there's where there's all that great on-screen presence that you showed uh, over your illustrious <laughs> career, and you still do. That's where it comes from. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Yeah, so that was that was kind of where it came from, and then all all the while I, I continued, you know, the the, the boxing thing because that kept me on the straight and narrow, if you will, and and kept me focused to a, to a large degree, anyway. And uh, eventually, what what happened is I. My last year of university, I started working for the campus radio station. Uh, first of all, I met I met my girl, who was my wife to be, and we 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 I decided I want to be closer to her, so I moved back to Edmonton, and I decided I was going to wrap up my degree with a with a bachelor of arts with a with a major in in English and a minor sorry a major in drama and a minor in English, and I started work for, working for the campus radio station as a volunteer my final year, which seems to be a pretty common thing amongst uh, a lot of broadcasters. And, and I, uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I realized, you know, that's what I want to do. And, and so I, I started doing the, the uh, morning broadcasts on, on campus radio and I uh, got a chance to do some play by play for the university of Alberta golden bears hockey team. And I got a chance to, you know, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I decided, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And just before, just before I graduated, I started sending out tapes. And just after I graduated, I got a job in Red Deer, Alberta, and I was, which is, which I thought was perfect because it's halfway between Edmonton and Calgary. And uh, my my goal was was to get a job 
in the Edmonton market because that's where I was from. And uh, to me, uh, if I could be the next, uh, you know, Al McCann, who is a, a, a local sportscaster in Edmonton, that would be glorious. That would be a, a dream come true. Uh, didn't work out that way because uh, uh, I actually got an opportunity to work in Calgary um, shortly after I moved to Lethbridge. My first job was in Redger. I was there for uh, 14 months. Interesting story. I did the. I got hired as the afternoon drive news guy on radio, and then I did a sportscast on TV at 11:30. So I'd write wow. my sports throughout the night. While I'm doing the newscast, du- basically double shifting there, the Swiss. Newscast. Double shifting. Yeah. Well, I was I was ripping and reading the newscast because I didn't <laughs> care about that, and I was spending all my time yeah. writing the sportscast, like yeah. really putting my heart into that yeah. for the for television. And an interesting thing, Ron McLean. Oh yeah. Was the uh, was the afternoon drive shift guy on radio? Oh wow. Okay. And he was a DJ on the afternoon drive shift, and I so we kibitzed a little bit when I was on there to do the news, and then he did the 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 uh, weather on TV. Okay. He did the weather at six o'clock, and then he uh, and he recorded the weather for our eleven thirty show. And then after, actually, funny after after I left uh, Red Deer to go to Lethbridge to become the sports director, Ron McLean started doing sports, and eventually got his job in Calgary. And, and you know, we all know where he is now and how, how things evolved from there for him. But uh, so that was uh, Ron and I worked together in Red Deer. Well, well, geez, you you've gone shoulder to shoulder with us, many greats, of course, but uh, weather people now too. Uh, fans, he mentioned Ron McLean. Of course, we know CFDO's Dave Duvall, that kind of thing. So, uh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and and uh, so I was working in in Lethbridge. I got the job in Lethbridge as a sports director. I wasn't there very long, and I sent a tape to Pat Marsden. And we used to uh, get our feeds. It was a CTV affiliate in Lethbridge. We got to see a lot of our feeds. A lot of the st- uh, video we got was came from from CFTO Toronto. And uh, you know, of course, I knew Pat as well from from you know the CFL on on CTV. And uh-huh. and uh, you know, so he was a guy that I, I looked up to. And I thought, you know, I'm going to send Pat a tape and show him some of my work. And and what I want to do is I want to get some direction. Like, where would you suggest the next move might be? I mentioned I had an opportunity to go to Calgary, but I just started in Lethbridge, so I turned it down to be the weekend sports anchor in Calgary because I was doing everything in in Lethbridge. I was doing the, I was reporting on the games. I was editing video. I was I wrote my own documentary. I had a weekly sports show. I did so much. It was so much that I was learning. I just felt the best move for me would be just to stay put for a little while to get some experience, and uh, I think it worked out pretty well for me because when I when I sent that tape to Pat Marsden at CFTO TV in Toronto, uh, he, he got the tape and the very next day, Fergie Oliver, who had been there for 22 years, uh, walked into Pat's office and told him that he, he wasn't going to be able to do the local sports anymore. He was doing blue Jays baseball. He was doing uh, other stuff. And, and, uh, and he just didn't really have the time to do a local sports cast anymore. So, uh, the opening was there. And the timing was good, and uh, so Pat called me up, and, and they called me in for an interview, and and uh, and that was it. I got hired by by CFTO TV in Toronto. Oh, that that what an awesome story! And uh, uh, Ashton and I, your co-host here, we we appreciate all the talk, including all the real talk. You know, we've had many 
best of guests talk about, you know, the road is never straight on the road to be great. And uh, to hear you yarn and, and talk about um, the different skills and, and, and the taking advantage of great opportunities and, and uh, keeping that pathway as, as straight as possible to get where you got is uh, it's fascinating for our, our, our fans to hear that. So thank you. Um, you mentioned uh, many famous names there uh, in addition to yours, but those that sort of helped you along the way, uh, uh, Joe. We, we talk a lot about it here on Champs and Chums of the importance of mentors in one's life and um, would love to hear you uh, talk maybe in a bit more detail of who you feel were some of the greatest mentors in your life and how did they help you build success as a person on and off the air? Well, I mean, the, uh, you know, I, I, I just thought that, uh, when I, I told you that of a guy named Al McCann, like he was a guy I looked up to and I, I called him up when I was still going to school and I was working for the campus radio station. And I, I said, you know, I really have an interest in being a, uh, um, a broadcaster, sportscaster. And he, uh, he let me, so I, I went in and I chatted with him. He, he invited me to come on down and I had a chat with him and met with him. And, and he, he told me about the business and, and, uh, and, you know, I thought that was really, really nice of him to, to invite me down like that. And uh, when I, uh, you know, when I think about, mentors i i think you know i talked about dennis belair he was such a you know such a he took a liking to me and so did you know, my coach gordon russell and then later on uh a guy named paul horry horry became my coach and paul was was great paul was like a, a surrogate father to me as well and and uh i uh had a lot of you know a lot of positive influences in in, in my life in, in that way and I think it was, I'm blessed with the ability to ask for, for what I want. You know what I mean? Is it, I have that ability to, when I want something, I, I don't mind asking for it. And I think that, you know, reaching out and asking people for help and asking people for direction. And then when, uh, when Pat was uh, hired me over at CFTO, Pat became a, a, a mentor of mine for sure. He, he told he taught me a lot about, you know, being uh you know, integrity in my work, like making sure I, I, I check my work, making sure that, uh, you know, I don't get, uh, you know, too big headed. You know, he, one, one thing you always used to say is like, you see the same people on the way up as you do on the way down. So it's very important to, uh, you know, treat everybody you work with, with respect, everybody who you, you know, who you, uh, run into along the way in, in a respectful manner, because, you know, what goes around comes around, as they say. And so that was, uh, you know, I've, I've had many, many positive influences in my life since then too. And, and, uh, you know, so. Uh, that, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I'm, I'm willing to take direction. <laughs> yeah. Helpful. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, some real golden worlds and, and golden people that you spoke about there, Joe. And, uh, Great stuff. Uh, well, I'm going to now turn this uh, great segment, this best of segment, over to my forever chum, Ashton, who's got some questions for our best of guest, Joe Tilly. Ashton, take it away. Joe, you've had outstanding. Yes, oh, Joe, you've had outstanding success in your broadcasting career. Can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights? Well, uh, 
you know, getting, you know, getting, when I moved to uh, CFTL CTV Toronto and, and doing my first couple of shows on there was, it was, well, in one way it was manic because there was so much to cover. You know, I, 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 uh, I started in July of 1984 and at that time it was a, it was a Saturday afternoon. The Argos were playing, the Jays were playing, oh. the the 1984 Summer Olympics were on. That's right. Uh, there was so much going on, and I was, you know, basically flying solo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I came in to watch watch Dan Matheson put the show together. <laughs> yeah, and they said, "There you go, away you go." And then I just <laughs> was left on my own to throw it. So it was, um, but getting that first show done, and you know, it was. It came down to I had editors a guy named bobby oda who was ripping scripts for me because i didn't have time to do it all myself you know everybody kind of pitched in to make it all work and uh but i was able to uh get to air and get the show on the air and everybody seemed to be happy and that was that was a a real cool accomplishment and uh you know one of you know i was growing up in edmonton um when, when i moved to toronto uh, loved the Oilers, of course, and, and, and Wayne Gretzky was a was you know one of my favorite hockey player. I got a chance to interview Gretzky, and that was that was a very cool thing. And uh, you know, doing the sit down with Wayne that was one of my my career highlights for sure. Um, uh, being a, a former boxer, uh, I uh, I got an opportunity to cover some big fights for CTV, CFTO, and CTV. I I got a chance to go to uh, Las Vegas when when uh, Sugar Ray Leonard fought Donnie Lalonde for the uh, light heavyweight championship of the world. Donnie was a Canadian, and Ray was like Leonard was money like he was one of the guys that I really looked up to. He was my hero when I started boxing. I watched him fight at, at the uh, the '76 Olympics in Montreal, and and I that's what really turned me into boxing. I thought I want to be just like that guy, and I started boxing shortly after that. Um, and so he was my hero and Donnie Lalonde was Canadian. So I was really torn. So when Donnie Lalonde knocked him down in the fourth round, I, I'm going, yay, I think. <laughs> that I think. <laughs> right? The golden and, and so, boy. Uh, yeah. 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 The golden boy, Donnie Lalonde. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, so I was really torn and, and then, uh, you know, get, getting a chance to do some, you know, play-by-play work for some of the, you know, bigger events. And, and, and uh, you know, I, uh, I was a guy, I was a ring announcer when Sean O'Sullivan fought Simon Brown in Toronto. And oh, wow. that was, that was a rush, you know, cause that fight was on NBC and, you know, being part of that was, was, was a great rush for me. And then when Lennox Lewis won the title, uh, I was there for his first title defense against Tony Tucker in Vegas. And that, that was a lot of fun for me. And, uh, yeah, meeting meeting a lot of you know different sports figures that you know I looked up to all the way through through my uh, through my youth and and uh, yeah that was just uh, yeah yeah it's been a, it's been a blast for sure covering all the various events. Joe, uh, what did, what were some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with your kids Tyler and Maddie Joe? Well, I guess uh, you know what I, it, it's kind of like what 
I learned in the business too, and that's another thing that Pat Marzen told me. You know, he said that you know you sound like a guy I know in the business. He said, "I tell you what, why don't you just find your own style, find your own niche, see you know, get find your own groove, more or less, right?" So it's the same thing with my kids. That it, it's like. You know, find what inspires you, figure out what inspires you, and then, and then, and then, uh, you know, and then chase that goal and chase your, chase your own dream, whatever it happens to be. And uh, we, you know, my wife and I used to go see a, a guy named Wayne Dyer, who was uh, a great uh, motivational guy. And, uh, and he, Wayne said that, you know, if you have, if you have a dream, if you have a, uh, you know, a real desire to do something with your life. And if you follow that dream and you follow that desire, you will be able to make a living out of it. And so when you look at what my, my kids have all done, like in terms of their art and, and uh, you know, Maddie Jo, uh, you know, she's, you know, she's a mother, a uh, full-time mother now, but she's, you know, she was a sportscaster for, for a period of time. She worked at Woodbine with the horses and, She's she's followed her dream and she's also you know worked you know as an artist and uh, Tyler of course he he's uh, he's an artist he lives in Bangkok and his uh, his work is spectacular and uh, you know he he wanted to be an artist and he wanted to make a living at it so he's doing that right and and he, and uh, he also you know, uh, Joe was he not an Ontario boxing champion too uh, Tyler yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and Tyler's one of those guys uh, who, who, you know, when he, when he wants to do something, he'll just do it. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, he'll follow his dreams, but then he decided he worked in China for a year teaching. And when he was there, he got himself in pretty good shape working out at the gym at the, at the place where he stayed. And uh, he came back from China. He said, you know what? I want to, uh, I want to box. And I, I said, okay, that's what you want to do go for it so anyway he he took up boxing and uh and did extremely well he he went undefeated as an amateur and well he only fought amateur but he went undefeated they won the uh the ontario M, uh ontario novice championship and with his last fight the arnie beam uh championship and uh yeah so that's uh, awesome yeah that was pretty cool that's yeah. awesome, Joe. And uh, you know, your co-hosts here also want to acknowledge the uh, the spirit and the legacy. We know you were a proud dad of, of three kids, and we want to acknowledge the memory of your son Spencer as well, too. I know that uh, you know during your during his time and, and your time with him as a as a father and a son. I, I'm sure you also shared some great words of advice, and and you also took a lot from him as well, too. Yeah, we. Um... Yeah, I've learned a lot from from Spence, and and uh, and I still connect with Spencer, but in a different way, in mm -hmm. a different from a different realm, right? And uh, you know, for sure, I always, you know, I I have three kids. One of them is in in uh, Thailand. One of them is uh, in Montreal, and one of them is in is in heaven. The way I look at it, and, and uh, Spencer is uh, with me frequently. Um, you know, I talk about my struggles with with with. Uh, with alcoholism and, and I, I, I work at a treatment center one day a week and, and I always bring Spencer with me and uh, you know, he helps me uh, with, with that. That's something that he wanted to do. He struggled with his own problems and, and, uh, and ultimately uh, you know, that's what, you know, he, he, he died of an overdose. And, and so uh, uh, 
but he's still, um, yeah, like I said, with me, and he is. Uh, I took, I bring him with me, and, and I get to share his story, and he gets to help people, you know, from from the other realm. And and, and I know that he's his story has helped a lot of people, and, and uh, it helps us all, really. Yeah. Well, Joel, thank you so much for sharing that that real talk, and you know, that's uh, you know, legacy. Wow, what a wonderful and powerful thing. It's beautiful, and between parents and their kids, uh, it goes both ways, right? So. Um, yeah, we certainly wanted to acknowledge that um, and, and uh, just a beautiful, beautifully struck answer and continuing the legacy and the memories with all of your uh, all of your children. So well done. You're listening to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with award winning broadcaster, speaker and sports media personality Joe Tilly. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair and uh, Swiss um, wanted to you've you've touched on this as well too uh, in in your incredible opening um and i know you can give this some extra punctuation the we talk about a lot on champs and chums on the importance of education for youth and uh in your journey um through edu- education which wasn't straight at all times i wonder if you can speak to to that just that the value in education the value of education for young people today well, um, yeah, the mind can be a tricky thing, right? Uh, because, uh, if I, if I'm, you know, if I'm in, in self a lot and I choose not to educate myself, I'm, I'm going to think that I know, know a lot of things and, and some of the things I really don't know, but I think I know. Uh, so we can, you know, I can get sidetracked. I can, I can go, uh, you know, uh, if, if I don't, educate myself i'm going to make assumptions and if i make assumptions about various aspects of life or or the world based on a lack of knowledge true knowledge i mean you know experiencing life and 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 truly finding out about uh my my i'm going to be way off i'm going to make a bunch of assumptions i'm going to you know uh look at the light uh, look at the world in, in a in a specific way and it's going to, uh, I'm going to sell myself short because I won't fully understand my, in the world that I live in and other people in it. And, you know, the more, the more I educate myself, the more I learn, the more I, you know, open my mind to new concepts and new ideas and, and, and the perspective of, of others, the more, um, you know, open-minded I become the more uh, at, honestly at peace I become the more you know the more freedom I experience because we can get trapped within our minds without even knowing it right without having any concept of it because you know if I look at myself as back when I was a you know a wayward teenager and the way I looked at the world and the, the way my thinking worked is is you know it was a distorted view of the world. It was, uh, you know, I was only able to see, you know, a certain way. And, and it was, uh, and it made me, give me the, 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 I made the assumption and it gave me, it had the belief that, uh, that the world was really like an ugly place. And, and it made me believe that, uh, you know, that, uh, 
it was there was hopeless you know i felt hopeless and i felt helpless and and uh and of course that that led to you know further issues with my with my disease of alcoholism so if i you know start to open my mind and and, be, and educate myself and, and learn more about the world and learn more about other people and open myself up to you know um you know new ideas and new concepts and and uh what I think what I, it happens to me is, is, is it, when I see freedom, I mean, it's it just the world looks like a better place. It's just the world looks like a better place. And, and um, so I think, you know, that's, you know, I think we, we probably all like to be there, you know, and, and um, uh, yeah, close mindedness is, is, is not an asset. You know, it's not an asset. It it, make, it makes me frustrated, and and so you know, the the more open minded I can become, the more I can listen to, you know, people, the opinion of others, and more I can, you know, uh, just keep open minded. The more I can, the more I can learn, and the better off the better off I believe I am, and the freer I become. And I think the bottom line is, I think we we all want freedom. We're all looking for freedom freedom of thought, freedom of, you know, uh, of every, well, freedom in any, every, every, every aspect of the word. Well, well, Joel, those are just some amazing words strung. I mean, so much shine and brilliance and depth in an answer like that. And, uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, educating yourself, it's, 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 it's lifelong, uh, no matter where you started, it's a journey. And, um, you know, educating yourself, learning more is, is a real, it's kind of like they say a passport to the world. Um, so mm -hmm. I love, love your answer. Um, well, let's shift it back, um, to some, uh, cause over your career, you have met and interviewed, uh, some fascinating people, sports and non-sports. You mentioned a few at the outset, uh, you know, uh, Gretzky, uh, Sugar Ray and, and others, but, um, I, uh, who are some of the most fascinating people that you, whether it be sports or non-sports, that you had a chance, Joe Tilly, to interview? Well, you know what's great is with my, uh, you know, after I retired, I, I, I kind of, you know, didn't know what I was going to do, but I just started, you know, uh, I started doing this show with, with uh, you know, having a guest on, inviting a guest to come on the show and, and, uh, and there are people that I'm interested in, in and people that, uh, you know, have a story in my opinion and, and have something to, to offer. And so I, I've, I've got, uh, you know, I had Jerry Cooney on the show. He was amazing. Uh -huh. Like he's a former heavyweight fighter, fought That's for right. the world championship. You know, when he fought Larry Holmes, uh, for the heavyweight championship, that was the biggest money fight in the history of boxing at the time. He was, he was, he was great. Uh, Jerry was, was amazing, but, you know, I've had a chance to talk to, you know, Brian Burke and, and, uh, Larry Robinson and, and, uh, uh, you know, you know, Yvonne Cornwaye and, and Paul Henderson and, and Grant Fuhr and, you know, Brian Trotche and, um, another interesting guy who, who was, um, I just happened, there's a guy who I, I was, uh, I was staying in this place in Mexico this condo complex and one of the guys staying there, uh, he had a lot of sports connections 
and he hooked me up with a guy named Jerry Petrie. And a lot of people don't know who Jerry Petrie is, but Jerry Petrie was a, was a sports agent back in the, uh, in the uh, 80s and uh, 70s and 80s and before sports agents were, were really a big thing. And, uh, and he, he represented basically every Montreal Canadian uh, because he, you know, he, he had connections. And he he represented Gary Carter, oh, and, kid, and, yeah. and yeah yeah and and Denny Savard, and and Jerry had just just some amazing stories, and, and it was it was just so much fun to 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 go back with him and talk about he talked about the um, negotiating a contact contract for Denny Savard with Bob Pulford, oh. and and uh, so he he what he did is he went to Bob Pulford's you know hotel room. And he had all the uh, all the all the stats, all the information, all these notes that he'd made uh, to to, to uh, for this negotiation for Denny Savard, who was hell of a hockey player. And uh, uh, he he told you know him and Pulford had, had had a conversation when Denny was drafted, and they had reached an agreement that yeah okay Denny's Denny's the number three draft pick, but really he probably should be number one, and. Uh, and Pulley, Pulley said, "Well, we'll see. You know, if he if he if he, if he kind of proves that, uh, then we'll talk. You know, then we'll we'll then I, then I will will agree to pay him like a number one." And so, uh, two or three years into the into the uh, into Denny's career, it's time to renegotiate a contract. And 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 Jerry had brought a stack of papers with notes that he had made at that particular time when Pulford had said, you know, what he said. And so uh, Jerry pulls out these notes and he said, well, Bob, you said that, you know, after, you know, two years, if, if, uh, if, uh, uh, you know, Danny had played like had a number, played one. Like a number yeah. one pick, yeah. he, he would get paid. He would get paid as such. And, and Pulford grabbed his notes and, and, and ran to the washroom and threatened that he was going to flush him down the toilet. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't, it was all in jest, but anyway, what happened is, is like they started and Jerry went after him to grab the notes and their next thing you know, they're wrestling around on the hotel room floor and papers are flying all over the place. And oh, a couple of people walked, what a story. And walked into the room and, and it was, uh, it was quite a, what a story. A I tell you, well, but I mean, you, back in my time yeah. in the late nineties at the Leafs, yeah. Pulford was, was, it was still around. And I, I wonder if Jerry had some stories with, with the, with the late great Ron Caron. Like I would have been right. fascinating oh, sure. too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, so we, we it's, uh, you know, I, I've got a chance to, 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 to meet and talk to a lot of, a lot of guys who I've looked up to, like Lennox Lewis was, I, I, I had oh, known Lewis, Lennox before, but, you know, having him on the show was, was fantastic. And, you know, Donovan Bailey had some great stories too. And, you know, so it, it's like, I've, uh, you know, been blessed to with, you know, and uh, Donnie Lalonde, I had him on the, on the show. That's we talked right. about the fight with Leonard. We talked about other stuff and uh, yeah. So, you know, Chris Nyland is great. You know, Chris is, is terrific. Uh, I had Dennis Baruch on recently, and, and that was, yeah. and that was uh, Dennis has got a gr- great story as well. So I mean, and, you know, having Gibby and all these other guys, and, and it's great because you know I I, I, I call the guys up or I send them an email, and and, and, uh, and 
most cases they're happy to do the show and that's fun you know it's just it's fun well that's a testament that's a testament swiss to how good you are and good you've been how great you've been with people and you know uh, i've been involved for a good chunk of my life in in, in the sports uh, world as well too and at the end of the day, it's 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 about that. Life is about that, you know. Uh, great relationships, right? Great connections with with people. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. It's all about relationships, isn't it? Great. Uh, life is about that, right? It sure so. is. It sure is. And uh, and and I know we're being. I want to be respectful of your time, but we have a, just a few more questions for you. Our best of guest, sure. Joe Tilly. Uh, Ashton's going to kind of connect this one to my last question. And I'm sure you've got a lot of favorite athlete athletes, but go ahead, Ashton. I don't want to steal your thunder there. Joe, who are, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Well, I mean, probably my favorite athlete of all time would be Muhammad Ali. I just, you know, the, everything about the guy, uh, I just really, you know, admired and liked i mean he went against the green in so many ways when he came along you know uh, athletes were supposed to you know act a certain way and say certain things in a certain way and not do certain things and you know you know fall fall into this mold and uh and ali said you know i'm not gonna do that he, he did things his way and and he and as a result of that he he was he was a he was a game changer. He was a, you know, he changed, he changed the world. Really. He did. And he, he changed the way that we look at sports and he changed the way, uh, you know, we look at athletes and, and, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was, I think he was instrumental in really helping to stop the Vietnam war. I mean, it, it just, there's a lot of things that he did. And, and, uh, and some of that, you know, uh, when we did a show on with uh, with uh, George Chevalo's son Mitch and uh, and Lou Eisen, who's a boxing historian, uh-huh. and 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 we we talked about how the Ali Chevalo fight back in 1966 at Maple Leaf Gardens, and at the time Ali was being vilified for you know being a, a draft dodger and you know like as he said back in the day like I, I got nothing against the Vietnam. Viet Cong. I don't know why we're fighting that war. I don't want to go over there and fight anybody. And, and it's like uh, he had some, some really good points, uh, but he couldn't get he he couldn't fight anybody. He couldn't fight anybody anywhere because anywhere in the states they would uh, he was blacklisted. And so uh, they 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 brought the fight to they they proposed the fight in Canada a fight in Canada. He was going to fight somebody else, but then they said, if you're going to come to Canada, you should probably fight a Canadian guy. So that's where George got his shot. And, uh, and, and Harold Ballard has done some crappy things over the years, as, as you know, uh-huh. Anthony. Uh, uh-huh. But what, what, what Harold said, uh, uh, you know, there's, you know, people in, you know, various parts of the States that, that were saying, you can't have, you can't let out, Ali can't fight. Ali can't fight. He's, 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 you know, he's a draft dodger. He's this, he's that. And the other thing. And, and, and Harold said, you can't tell me what to do. He's going to fight in Toronto. He's going to fight at Maple Leaf gardens and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And by, uh, by him saying that, by him standing up to it and, 
and the stuff that Ali was, was said after that, and and that that you know of course got on, got on all the the worldwide media you know feeds and everything else. Um, uh, he really he was it really drew attention to Ali and his 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 and his you know his drive for change. And you know people who were who refused to call him Ali who called him Cassius Clay and he says that's you know that's my slave name that's not who I am I'm Muhammad Ali and 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 so uh, people started in Kent Toronto we, we we had no problem with that Canada we had no problem with that and so that started that change in, in a big way and, and uh, yeah the, the, that fight in Toronto um, paved the way for for Ali to to uh, you know to continue his career. Uh, to continue his, you know, goal of, you know, ultimately just really making the world a better place, and and he's pretty, you know, precipitating a lot of change, you know, and it was uh, that was a great story, and that was, uh, you know, what Ali stood for is just incredible, and I always I always love watching Ali fight, or I, I saw every one of his fights, you know, when he. When he fought Ernie Shavers, when he fought, uh, you know, when he lost the title to Leon Spinks and then regained it back. And, you know, I always wanted to see him do well. He had probably, you know, two or three or maybe four fights too many. He should have quit a little sooner than he did. But, you know, uh, it, it affected his life later. But, you know, he just was just an incredible human being. And, and you know, for the, for that reason, for those reasons, I, I think, you know, he stands he stands above the rest in, in terms of, uh, you know, athletes in my mind. Well, well, thank, integrity. Well, integrity. for sure. When I think of Elliot, I think of integrity, right? That, that's 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 that is amazing. That's sensational. Thank you for coloring that great story on, you know, everybody who follows sport and the history of sport knows that that Chevallo. Ali fight at the gardens. I mean, goes the distance. I mean, George, I know, you know, George, uh, uh, very well as well too. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, to, and for you to provide that, that bigger picture context with, with, with how Harold was involved and, 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 and standing up for everybody standing up for what was about to happen at, uh, the legendary Maple Leaf gardens. I mean, that, that just adds some great, uh, power on our airwaves here. So we really appreciate it. And, and speaking of Toronto and bringing it back to it, Ashton's got a gem of a question for, for our best of guest Joe Tilly. So Ashton, uh, take it away. Joe, with your passion and knowledge of sports, you would be the perfect uh, person to ask this question to. Uh, and this question is going to be based on Toronto sports. Uh, Joe, out of the three uh, main uh, pro sports teams, that's the Jays, the Leafs, and the Raptors, who do you think is next in line to win a championship? Ooh. What a great question, Ashton. Love it. Well, well, considering it, 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 uh, the the uh, the time, it's it's uh, it's uh, you know August, so you know the uh, the World Series will be decided in October, so it has to be the Jays. All right, <laughs> love to, love to hear be, it, Swiss. Yeah. <laughs> love be, to be hear. A, being a Toronto guy, no, I mean if you look at it, yeah. the Jays ha have a have a fantastic. I mean, providing they make it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. As, as a, as right now, they're they're sitting out of a playoffs, but but you know, providing they make the playoffs, and, and they should because their schedule is pretty good. 
providing to make the playoffs and providing they, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, if that happens, I don't, I'd really like their chances. They've got a very good team. Their pitching is, is, is terrific. And, and, uh, and, you know, their, their offense has been suspect at times, but, you know, with, with Bo Bichette back, I, I think that they're in, in really good shape. Um, now the Leafs, I mean, it's in, it'll be interesting to see what Brad Trilliving can put together. I do like the off-season moves they made. I, I, I you know, I, I think that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is a great player. I like Max Domi. Max Domi gets under people's skin. Uh, the defenseman they picked up, uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh, Klingberg. John Klingberg. Klingberg, yeah. Yeah, Klingberg. yeah that, that, he helps solidify the, the defense a little bit. I, I like what we saw from Samsonov last uh, last year. Uh-huh. And if he, if he can, can keep that up, uh, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, the, the, the least could be, could be the team now. And like when it comes to, you know, hockey and, and, and basketball, it's a little different because to win, uh, to win a world series title, the Jays need to, to win a wild card game, a wild card series, get into the, uh, the divisional series, win that, get into the, the, the league championship series, win that and then win the World Series. It's a little easier because it's best of three, uh-huh. best of five, and then two best of sevens. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit easier. When it comes to uh, you know uh, the NHL or, or the NBA, best of seven, best of seven, best of seven, best of seven. And uh, or is there, is there, is the first round is best of best of five in the NBA? So yeah, they got to play in a play in now. I think. Uh, to, to, yeah, well, they, they, they don't really in, count that. Yeah, they don't really count that in the playoffs. No, they, so. yeah, that's right. They got they got to play in. But so yeah. if you if you if you're if you're top six, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but um, yeah. So anyway, it, it's it's a little more it's a little different. It's a little more difficult, particularly it, it seems that it's a grind in the NHL in particular. It's a grind. The Stanley Cup playoffs are a grind, and, and uh, you know it's it's survival of the fittest, because you get if you look back in in two thousand and four, when the Leafs lost to Carolina, they were just so beaten up uh-huh. by the time they, that series finished. Like I, I I I truly believe that the Leafs were a better team, but they're just a little more beaten up. And if you look at Florida, they had such a great run, but by the time they got to the final. They were just, yeah, they I mean, were whipped. Kachuk, were I think whipped. Joe was Kachuk, was a separated shoulder or something like that? Oh, or? yeah. they yeah. And, and all of those guys. I mean, you yeah. know, they were all beaten, beat, beaten up. And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, the Golden Knights, big, strong team who managed to stay healthy. And they were just able to, uh, you know, you know, out, out, you know, out health <laughs> yeah totally mean? yeah the, the, the rest of the rest of the uh the rest of the the league and that's that's why they won and so uh you know they, they're a good team no doubt about it but you, you gotta be able to get through that grind and it, it is a grind and, and so so many there's so many variables so many factors involved that you know the least could have a good enough team to get there but they gotta stay healthy and that's that's a big if right yeah so so uh yeah so i i would say probably the the team who has the best shot is 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 the uh, the jays uh and you know because they've been on the cusp for a while now and it's just a little easier to win the world series believe it or not in my opinion than it is to win 
the, the Stanley Cup. And, and and the NBA, of course, the Raps are they're rebuilding. You know, they're 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 a ways away yet. And uh, don't be surprised if they if they make a couple of significant trades that are are aimed at, you know, at a rebuild. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. So I, I'm th- I'm thinking that that they're they're probably the least likely to win a championship amongst those. Well, some winning insights there from our best of guests on good authority, uh, longtime sports media personality, Joe Tilly. And Joe, uh, just a couple more questions. I, I know we've gone over time with you, and, but uh, this has been such a fascinating father-son fun talk and chat with you. Um, this, uh, you'll be able to put some great punctuation in because you have made this tremendous, it's a tremendous continuation uh, of a star-studded career and we've seen the rise of social media and how that's influenced sports talk, sports conversation. Uh, it has been unprecedented uh, over the last few years. Um, it seems like, uh, I guess many people think they can do it, but to do it like a pro like you and do what you've done on your own show now, it, 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 it takes a lot. But there's been this rising wave of sports talk on social media platforms. Um, I wonder if you can share your perspectives on how you think sports broadcasting is, is going to take shape in, into the future. Uh, well, you know, it, it's in transition because we've gone from the, uh, you know, uh, the television and radio, um, um, you know, the old guard. Uh, and we, you know, we talked about that briefly. It's like when it comes to television sports, for example, local sports is, is, is non-existent. It's a different, you know, we only get in local sports on TV or radio. I mean, it, I mean, um, it used to be, used to be where there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of sponsorship money and everything else. And you could hire good people and keep them around a long time. And so you get, you know, People who were uh, experienced uh, veterans who had the uh, the sports knowledge and the and sports savvy and and, and, and and were great broadcasters. Uh, now it, it's changed a little bit because uh, we're just you know when it comes to local radio, local TV, there's just no money in it, so they can't afford to keep people around. Like you know, we had people like uh, you know. Uh, like our, our sports department, Lance Brown, Jerry Dobson, myself, and, and, and you know, Claude Fag and Sunil Joshi and all those guys, uh, all veterans and, and guys who knew, who knew the business and knew how to broadcast and knew, knew, knew sports. And, you know, they, they were uh, uh, covering, the, covering the local sports scene. And, and it, now they, <laughs> they don't even cover it, right? So the, the, they get the news anchor to re- read a 30-second voiceover. You know, which is, or else I'll bring somebody from TSN uh, to uh, to do an analysis in, in in the case of something really really big. Otherwise, it just doesn't get covered at all. So, local sports doesn't get covered at all, and it's only you know basically the Leafs and Jays and Raptors and maybe a little bit Argos that might get a you know twenty second voiceover uh, on a on a news on a one hour newscast. Uh, and that's changed a lot. And then local radio, you know, guys like Bob McCown, they're no longer around and, you know, and, 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 and budgets of, of, uh, you know, and, and, 
that's a result of, of budget cuts and, and the changing landscape. And uh, so, so yeah, so sports has changed a lot in, in, in terms of the way it's broadcast, the way it's delivered. And, uh, and social media is just, you know, it, it's like all you need to do is have your own social media platform, just get on there and, and then just start broadcasting. So it's easy to do. Uh-huh. And if you have, and if you have some ability, well, then people will pay attention, and you'll be able to build an audience. But it's kind of like, you know, everybody's got a chance to have their own TV or radio station, uh-huh. and 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 that's that's kind of what it is, and, and and so you know that's, and so uh, the, the it's like anything, the the harder you work at it, the more the more time you put in. The chance, the better opportunity you have for success. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. And so, if you're prepared and you do your work and you do your homework and, and you uh, and you you know you try to work on your skills as a broadcaster, uh, chances are you can become a uh, a successful broadcaster, podcaster, whatever whatever it is you're doing, and. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that kind of how it works. That's how it unfolds, Amazing. and uh, it's going to change. It's going to keep changing, and who knows what it's going to look like in ten years from now? But you know, local television and and radio as we know it, I I think is go, gone the way of the dodo bird because I mean, there's just no money in it. There's just uh, the money is no longer there. They can't afford to keep people, and they can't afford to pay. You know, skilled veteran broadcasters and so they've got people just out of college and and that's what you get but and that's kind of just well that's all they can afford yeah no well i think it's a great point joe just the you know the 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 sheer mass of uh consumption right and and you as you say like it almost seems like if anybody has a phone or a twitter account twitter x account they they can kind of uh pontificate share opinions and quote dare i say kind of information but that's kind of where i think it takes a bit of a departure i mean the whole quality of you know journalism and you mentioned it earlier in our in our great chat here but the integrity you put into your work as 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 a journalist as a reporter uh, as, as someone who runs a newscast and shares information i i just think sadly that kind of thing um especially if you go onto twitter i mean just people supposedly breaking trades or insider information like yeah right so much to right. qualify now you know joe but um yeah well and, and you know what and and, and see like you, you have to have a little discernment into what you listen to and what you'll follow because you know uh unfortunately you you get people on 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 twitter or you know whatever and and uh, and, and they'll have uh and they see some some nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, people mm-hmm. are, are, are like uh, um, very little regard for you know the the human side of 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 you know of sports and news and everything else. And and uh, it's so easy to, for people to hide behind a computer screen and and lash out at various people. And, and so. Uh, you know, it, it's get it gets ugly. You know what I mean? It gets ugly, and and uh, uh, 
uh, my my advice would would be if, if if there's somebody who you you you've been following who 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 gets ugly, well, choose somebody else to follow because yeah, uh, it's it just uh, you know, there's there's no there's no there's no need to 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 make it personal, you know. If if one of you know if 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 Bo Bichette goes over over you know in a game, people are jumping all over him and. And it, it, it's it's and you got to realize that first of all he's a, he's a hell of a ball player he's mm-hmm. unbelievable and and everybody goes through slumps and and uh, and everybody has has offers right and everybody does every single player nobody there's nobody in, in the history of baseball has never got offer it happens and you can't take that last game into the next game and and assume that you know. Just because the Jays lose ten one, doesn't mean it's over. Because the next game they could win ten one. Well, it's it, it just yeah, yeah things no. change so fast. And and I get if anything, if anything, I, I guess uh, that I've learned in covering the sports sports for as long as I have is is expect the unexpected, because it's all unpredictable. People who should win don't. People who shouldn't win do. Like how many who who picked it, who how many people like what percentage of people who are prognosticators and sports experts picked the biggest Golden Knights to win the Stanley win Cup? The yeah, that's Stanley right. Cup. Yeah, and I, I would yeah. say probably seventy five percent of those, and if they're honest and if they look at them, they're what they were saying at the time, probably picked the Knights to go out in the first round, or you know to lose to Edmonton in the second round. Uh, you know, th- th- there's nobody expected them to beat the. Very few people expected them to beat the Oilers. Yeah, and they continue on. And who 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 thought the Panthers were going to beat the Bruins? Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. thought that? Yeah. Who thought who who's picking the Florida Panthers to go to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah. Well, show, I, I, show of ha- show of hands, please. <laughs> you look. Well, I was just even to pick up Nobody, on your thought zero. about uh, these key keyboard warriors, as I guess many people call them on Twitter. When yeah. and to take yeah. it from a team level to to like a, a player level. I mean, obviously, in the unfortunate struggles of Alex Manoa, a guy that was a Cy Young finalist last year, to right. now this right. year can't even get a ball over the plate without you know hitting somebody or whatnot i mean as you said joe you're so right i mean the unpredictability of the wide world of sports is what makes it so fascinating i think you know yeah i think that's one of the things that turned me on about it and 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 that uh you know i i like to think that i i can predict things in, in a way we all do right we all like to think that we have an ability to predict and we we have ability to see things that maybe some other people don't see and and, and think that maybe we, we have a little bit of an insight and, and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, stuff happens. That's stuff right. happens. It, it's totally unpredictable. People get injured, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it just you cannot predict what's going to happen. And you can't jump on people's cases because they don't get the job done every single shift of every single game. And, and, and you know, and, yeah, and the stuff that people say about certain athletes—it's—it's it's like have a little bit of compassion, have a little bit of understanding that these people have families, you know, these people have, you know, uh, the, you know, feelings. <laughs> these yeah. people are real people, you know. They're not just—they're not just 
figures that you can just completely dump all over. And yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what I find in, in today's, you know, keyboard warrior world is that people will, will say stuff that there's no way in the world, there's no way that it would have happened 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, There's no way that would have happened 15, 20 years ago. Great insights. Great insights. Yeah. Yeah. Because somebody, you know, if I had said that on the air, you know, the next time I go down to Maple Leaf Gardens, I'd get slapped around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. For sure. You know, at least verbally. Yeah. Not physically. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah. And, 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 and so, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's doing stuff uh, behind a keyboard, well, it's a lot easier for them to, to, uh, to say whatever they want to say, but take that with a grain of salt because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're just, you know, they're just, uh, you know, disrespectful put it that way yeah no doubt no doubt well uh, uh it is time for the final question on this tremendous uh best of segment here with our special guest joe tilly and ashton you get the honors my man to ask our best of guest the final question of this great interview joe what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a world-class broadcaster just like you um it all it all comes down to uh, believing in yourself, and and you know, looking past looking past the little the little uh, obstacles that come along the way because you know we're all gonna get we're all gonna get knocked down from time to time you know it's 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 a uh, it's like if you if you want to do the boxing analogy you know every once in a while you get hit every once in a while you get knocked down. But, you know, it, it was uh, it's been said that, you know, I think it was maybe even Rocky Balboa, you know, it's not it, 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 it's not the uh, it's not it's not about getting knocked down. It's about getting back up. So you just keep you have a vision, you have a goal, you have a desire, you believe you believe in yourself, you believe that this is a, a, a plausible and doable goal. And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And when you have setbacks, see you see them as, as setbacks. They're going to happen. You're going to have setbacks along the way. But you're going to keep plugging away. You're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, uh, and, and taking it, you know, closer and closer to, that, to the ultimate goal, which is, uh, you know, where you're headed if you, if you stick with it. You know, how many people have, have quit, you know, when just around the next corner, was success and how many people have given up just that one second too soon and and, uh yeah so keep with it stick with it what an outstanding way to end a tremendous best of segment that's uh award-winning broadcaster speaker and sports media personality joe tilly that's joined us here on champs and chums episode 48 and uh Joe, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much. We're so grateful that you uh, joined us and spent time, overtime, I should say, so we apologize for that. Um, <laughs> it's but, all good. Oh, well, well, we really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, you said it in the, in the middle stanza of the interview. You started your first job at CFTO uh, as a sportscaster, July 1984. And, Joe, I was 11 years old then, and I, I kind of think... 
about my entry into the world of sports when I came into the Leafs and when you and I were you and I connected back about 25 plus years ago and I don't think I ever told you this because you know I, I fashioned myself as a pro myself but what a dream it was to work with amazing people like you who I had a chance as a young child uh, and through my childhood to watch on television to adore their work and so I'm telling you this now uh, on air because I want to tell you how grateful we are that you spent the time joining us on Father Son Fun Talk here and um, um, you're an amazing amazing person a great pro you bring such energy positivity enthusiasm and kindness to your work and it continues to this day so we're so grateful and before uh, we sign off I want to make sure my chum Ashton uh, he has some words to say to you well, Joe, thank you for coming on the show. It's been it's been an honor having you on, and uh, my dad has told uh, me stories about how you guys met in the world of sports, and uh, you know, uh, Joe, what you are really, really passionate about sports, and uh, it, it was great to read about your career, and uh, it was great to watch videos on you. And uh, you're an amazing person, and you know it inspires me to learn more about sports. So, Joe, thank you for coming on the show. Well, Ashton, a pleasure is mine. Anthony, thank you guys so much. It was it's been fun, and anytime. That's awesome, Ashton. You're gonna take us to break on episode forty-eight. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy August, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. It is episode 48, our episode that salutes the summer. And we want to thank you all for joining us on this next episode of Champs and Chums. And uh, fans, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. That's right, our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. That's where co-host Ashton shines a spotlight on a sport. Uh, It could be an activity, an event. It could be big, it could be small. It could be the size of Montreal. Uh, I just made that rhyme like that, Ashton. But um, anyhow, this one's a big one, and we're kind of following the theme that we've had for, for this great episode. Ashton... Uh, what are you going to talk to us about for All Pro Go? We are going to talk about boxing. Well, that's a big sport to get into, the sweet science. Uh, take it away. Boxing, also known as Western boxing or pugilism, correct? Pugilism, yeah. Is a combat sport and a martial art in which two people, usually wearing protective gloves and other protective equipment such as hand wraps and mouth guards, throw punches at each other for a predetermined amount of time in a boxing ring. Although the term boxing is commonly attributed to Western boxing, in which only fists are involved, it has developed in different ways in different geographical, geographical areas, areas and cultures of the world. In global terms, boxing today is also a set of combat sports focused on striking, in which two opponents face each other in a fight using 
using at least their fists, and possibly involving other actions such as kicks, elbow strikes, knee strikes, and headbutts. But depending on the rules, some of these some of these variants are the bare knuckle boxing, kickboxing, muay thai, muay thai, muay thai, uh, lethway. I uh, believe so. I don't know those other Savate and Sanda. Boxing techniques have been incorporated into many martial arts military mar- martial arts military systems and other combat sports. Uh, though humans have fought in hand-to-hand combat since the dawn of human history and the origin of the sport box- of boxing is unknown. According to some sources, boxing has prehistoric origins in present-day Ethiopia, where it appeared in the 6th millennium BC where, and where the Egyptians invaded Nubai, and they, Nubia. Nubia. And they learned the art of boxing from the local uh, population, and they took the sport to Egypt, where it became popular, and from Egypt... From Egypt, boxing spread to other countries, including Greece, and eastward to Mesopotamia, and northward to Rome. Well, there you have it, folks. There's a great history lesson, if you didn't know it already, about boxing. And, uh, yeah, as Ashton mentioned, uh, you know, there's definitely um, the origin of the sport goes back to real ancient history, possibly prehistoric and the modern rules of boxing started to come to be in the United Kingdom. Um, Olympic sport boxing, well, some people say it was 688 BC. This is uh, before Christ. And then but modern boxing took off in 1904. So, you know, there's um, definitely uh, a growth in boxing as it relates to sort of this amateur dis- discipline, um, both at the Olympic and the Commonwealth Games level. But... Then, of course, um, we look at the professional route. Um, judging, of course, and score scoring has always been a part of boxing. It is a very technical sport. We heard Coach Mark talk about how some boxers are very good at getting the points. Um, you know, you hear sort of, um, you know, scoring like 10-point must system and, and, and all these kind of things that you would hear uh, from days gone by. But um, we could spend an entire show, Ashton, talking about the history and lore of boxing. But uh, you did a really good job, as did I, backing you up with a, kind of a nice one-two punch to give the fans a sense of what boxing is and sort of how it started. What do you think about the sport? For the very first time, fans, Ashton had an opportunity to slip on the gloves, put his foot inside the middle rope, and step into the squared circle. Ashton, tell them about this experience about boxing. Well, uh, boxing is a really fascinating sport. It's a great sport to get into, and uh, it is really hard, though. Um, So it's lots of training that has to go into it, lots of hard work that has to go into it, lots of commitment that has to go into training. And, uh, yeah, I mean, boxing is just a great sport to pick up. The stamina. The stamina that you need to take punishment, right? Yeah. Like you look at the abs of some of these uh, uh, male boxers and female boxers. They're taking rabbit punches to the side of the the, the waist. They're taking shots into the midsection. You got to be really strong. You got to have a great, uh, tremendous strong mindset to 
to last uh, even a couple rounds with some of these great fighters here. And, and there's a lot of great fighters and boxers here in Brampton. Yeah, there is. There's there, a lot of them. There is. We saw lots of them at the Bramley Boxing Club. So there you have it, everybody. That is our all-pro goal. It's an introduction to boxing. And you're listening to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. It's Anthony and Ashton here in this August episode. So glad that you're with us here on Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, everybody. It's our Champs and Chums segment. We salute our stars on and off the field. So uh, this is where we, um, for every episode, we announce a champ and chum. And Ashton, you know what? Um... It's time for us to, to kind of go one, two on a knockout punch. Uh, it's been an incredible theme, an exciting theme of boxing uh, for this episode. Of course, we had our best of guest, Joe Tilly, on the show, and he's obviously a longtime sports media personality and involved in the, in the world of boxing as a competitor and, of course, on the media side. So we kind of thought, everybody, that we are going to uh, take our best of punch and we're going to give you uh, box in the world of boxing, champs and chums that have starred on the episode, that have played a hand in the wonderful sport of boxing. So Ashton, take it away with your first champ and chum honoring the, the sport of boxing. Uh, my first champ and chum is Joe Tilly. Well, of course, we're going to start right there, everybody, because only just a couple segments back, we had a wonderful father-son fun talk with uh, Joe Tilly. And, uh, of course, uh, over his 30-plus year career uh, at uh, CTV, uh, News Toronto, and then also with the great things he's doing with his own show, The Great Canadian Sports Show, he is um, talks boxing quite a bit, Ashton. Uh, um, and also, of course, Ashton, he was um, uh, very accomplished as a boxer as well, too. Yeah, he had uh, a Golden Gloves, he was a Golden Gloves champion. Now, that's a prestigious being a Golden Gloves champion, Ashton. Not anybody wins that great prize. Uh, Three-time Alberta uh, welterweight champion and a bronze medalist at the 1978 Canadian Championships. He medaled everybody as, a, as an amateur boxer. But, you know, everybody, it's the great things that Joe, and he spoke of it on our Best Stuff segment, all of the amazing prize fights and big titles that he ha had a chance to watch, whether it be Sugar Ray Leonard, he talked about that fight with Donnie Lalonde, the Golden Boy, we spoke about him and Father Son Free For All. Uh, he had an opportunity, of course, to to uh you know whether it be lennox lewis he talked about as well too so joe uh, is a household name inside and outside the ring when we talk about the squared circle that is our first champ and chum and the wonderful theme of boxing joe tilly okay over to dad for his champ and chum and um we had this special guest on just on a previous uh episode ashton um and that was uh, steve buffery that that's right. That's yep. right, everybody. Steve Buffery, episode 40, I believe it was 46, Ashton. Yep. Episode 46, uh, best of guest Steve Buffery. 
His uh, tremendous award-winning time in sports media also spent time um, ta- uh, reporting uh, columnist for boxing for uh, for the Toronto Sun for Post Media. Uh, he's well known in boxing circles, and he's covered some major fights. Uh, knows a lot of the the great Canadian prize fighters in the in the sweet science, as it was. So shout out to a friend of the show, uh, that Steve Buffery. Uh, he was episode forty six special guest. Uh, it was so great to to have Beezer on the show. Uh, we've kind of got the lineup and the and the lineup card uh, going here quite nicely in this whole boxing theme of champs and chums. Ashton, it's over to you for your next champ and chum. My next champ and chum is Eric Smith. Well, that's right. We're going back. I believe was episode twenty four. Uh, you kind of you know, Ashton. I said, so think about it when we had E on, uh, who's obviously a famous broadcaster with the Raptors. The twenty four kind of worked quite nicely because there's isn't there not a twenty four second shot clock? Yeah, in, that's in, correct in basketball. But here's the thing, everybody. And his uh, amazing, stellar, illustrious broadcast career. Did you know, everybody, that Raptors broadcaster Eric Smith also covered Ashton the Olympics in boxing? Tell the fans a little bit more about that. Yeah, so in 2012, he was the TV play-by-play voice for men's boxing on the Canadian Olympic broadcast of the London Summer Games. That's amazing. So there you go, everybody. You might know him for his great work on the Raptors basketball on the television and the radio side, everybody. Um, But Eric Smith has uh, called boxing matches from the Olympics. That's right. It was for CBC. And he's also done some great work on the tennis side as well, too. He's so... Uh, multi-talented. That's a shout out to another friend of the show. Uh, go back to episode 24. That was a great one with the man they call E, Eric Smith. All right, fans, it's uh, a time to salute our uh, our final champ and chum of this episode that's got a connection to boxing. And talk about a champion. Talk about a, a, a national champion, national broadcaster, uh, a, a very legendary name to the world of sports broadcasting, Rod Black, everybody. That's right. Rod Black. Ashton, that was episode 38. Yeah, that's Thir- correct. 38 special, uh, as it were. Uh, we had the uh, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, Rod Black, and everybody, you, you know he's covered it all, Ashton, right? CFL, he's covered uh, Canadian Open Golf, Canadian Open Tennis. Uh, he's covered major boxing matches as a broadcaster. I remember watching Rod call some games for CTV Sports, many games, of course, the Blue Jays broadcaster, but he called boxing, everybody. So there you go. That's your father, son, one, two, three, four punch. Those are champs and chums who covered the world of boxing. What an amazing lineup of uh, great people, friends of the show. Good stuff, everybody. Well, there's a little bit more show to come. You're listening to episode 48 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time to tie a bow to episode 48. And as I've done for every episode of Champs and Chums, I want to ask you, what did you learn today? Well, I learned more about Joe's uh, decorated career and also more about his boxing career. 
Yeah, that's right. Special guest, best of guest, uh, sports media personality, Joe Tilly. What a pleasure it was having him on the show. I mean, uh, you're right. He's got a decorated career as a broadcaster, 30 plus years for CTV News Toronto. Uh, so many people, their childhood of sports was shaped by uh, this great uh, individual, this great man. And yeah, I mean, I guess it was great to for you to learn more about his boxing career because he was so accomplished. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that's right. Golden Gloves, we spoke of everybody. Yeah. Three-time Alberta champion. He was he medaled at the Canadian Boxing Championship. Uh, you know, Ash, it, it just sort of, when we went to the Bramley Boxing Club, you drop the name Joe Tilly, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows Joe. Um, well, yeah, for sure. What else did you learn uh, here in episode 48? Well, I also learned the origins of boxing and also some Canadian greats. Well, for sure. I mean, uh, these are some names of Canadian boxers back in the day when your dad used to watch uh, uh, boxing. Um, these these are very much household names, like legends. We're talking um, guys like uh, George Chevallo. I mean, he kind of predated me in his heyday, but you know about his lore. George, Joe talked about that on on our best of segment but then you've got guys like Lennox Lewis um, you know uh, Billy the Kid Irwin uh, Donnie Golden Boy uh, Lalonde um, Egerton Marcus of Guyanese Canadian heritage of course locally here in our city of Brampton the great Troy Ross Um, these guys all were incredible competitors they took the sweet science to a next level and they were proud to be Canadian, Ashton. Canadian first. So I'm glad that you picked up on that as well, too. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing episode 48 here in this month of August. Um, but of course, Ashton, all these 48 episodes of Father Son Fun Talk Champs and Chums couldn't happen if we didn't have some important people supporting us along the way. Who do we want to thank? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis, thanks for being there from the very beginning of this passion project, Father, Son, Champs, and Chums. We so appreciate your love and support. We also want to thank Episode 48, Best of Guests, the great Joe the Swiss Tilly for joining us uh, here on the episode. He was just amazing, inspiring, uh, great knowledge, passion, thirst for sports, and uh, he was an amazing guest. So it was great to have Joe on the show. And Ashton, where can the fans of Champs and Chums uh, check us out? They can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. That's right. You can subscribe on all those major platforms, all those great listening platforms to check out Champs and Chums, all 48 episodes deep. And of course, everybody, you can connect with us on social. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now X, YouTube, TikTok, and at our website, champsandchums.com well Ashton this is going to be an awesome August fist bump thank you so much for joining us everybody and Ashton as we always say cheers Cheers to to champs champs, cheers to to chums chums, and cheers to an all-star day thanks for listening. listening